0: Hey, we've got Kenley Jansen coming up in just about two minutes. But first, I want to remind you that today's broadcast is brought to you by 76 UCLA Health
1: and Security Benefit. When you get gas at 76, you can save up to $0.25 per gallon when you pay with the My76 app. So go ahead, count your savings cent by cent. $0.25 is a combined savings of $0.15 off per gallon, up to 30 gallons at participating 76 locations and $0.10 off per gallon when you pay within the My76 app. Select payment methods may apply. Offer valid through September 30th, 2020.
0: And UCLA Health, official medical partner of the Los Angeles Dodgers, wants you to remember that you've got to continue to do your part to play for Team LA. It means wearing a face covering when out in public, but it also means that every Angelino has to keep up with their regular medical care. So do your part for your own health for your family's health, and for your community's health. Go ahead and book a doctor's appointment or schedule a video visit. We need you on this team. The people of Los Angeles have shown that we're resilient as individuals, but we're unstoppable when we work together. From frontline health care workers, grocery store clerks, delivery drivers, and folks working at home, everybody keeping their physical distance and regularly washing their hands, we all play for Team LA. Visit
1: UCLAHealth.org to learn more about how you can do your part. Every winning season is built on a strong team, a team committed to executing a solid game plan. At Security Benefit, we want to help you and your advisor build your retirement game plan to help you stay committed during these uncertain times so that when it's time to execute, you know you've got a solid team behind you. When it comes to retirement, losing is not an option. Talk to your financial advisor to see how you can plan for retirement. Security Benefit is a proud sponsor of the LA Dodgers.
0: It is episode eight of Off-Air with Joe and Oral. And our guest this week, yes, is Kenley Jansen, who, let me tell you, you're going to hear this, but he is raring to get back. He got us that much more excited to get back to baseball. He's going to tell us what he's been doing. He's going to tell us what that boat is doing, this giant boat next to his parents' house in Curacao.
1: And plenty more from
0: Kenley. You're really going to enjoy it
1: and we're definitely going to catch up with the skipper again this week and he's going to bring us up to date on baseball of course but how does you pick a favorite child and you know what his devotion to twinkies
0: oh all that and more episode eight of Off Air. hit it frankie So checking the calendar, Kenley, I think we'd be about 60 games into the season right now, which is crazy to think that far into the grind. And it is a grind, as you know, as well as anybody. But how does it compare to the grind of being at home with two crazy boys running around being a full-time parent these days?
2: Oh, man, let me tell you, that's that's so much fun. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's um, also stressful um, by not being on the field. But it's just, you know, being competitive as two, two little boys when they're running around. And, you know, especially I have this one little one that's coming to me right now. Going, you know, his ear doesn't work most of the times. You know? Just say hi right here. No, say hi. Say hi. 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 hi.
0: Is this Caden or Kieran?
2: This is Kieran, yeah. So, hi, Kieran. Yeah, it's, it's, fun. it's fun being around these boys, man. I mean, we've been having a great time. And um, you no, know, it's it's great, man. I mean, it's a blessing. You got to look at it. Even that we want to be on the field, but it's just the connecting the connection that I have with them that we don't have when you know we're so busy playing baseball. I mean, it's it's, it's great to be home around them and play. But you know, us on the same time, you know, I keep telling my wife like, how much you miss missing baseball, how much I miss being at Dodger Stadium, and how much you appreciate even more now that um, you want to be you know, on the field and not taking anything, any day for granted, you know, every day you want to, want to be grateful and, you know, realize pitching in Dodger Stadium is, is special, And So, um, you know, I think when we get back on the field, I think um, you're going to, we are going to take more time and realize how special it is to be in Dodgers Stadium and compete against the best of the best.
1: Yeah. You know, Kenley, is it a, two separate lives like during the season where you have your your life at the ballpark and then your life at home? Or are you able to kind of integrate the whole thing while you've been there and kind of quarantined?
2: Uh, yeah, you know, you just try to stay at home, quarantine, make sure, you know, you don't want to bring anything at home, especially, you know, I have a modern law here also too. You know, they're, they're starting to can't go to Curacao right now because Curacao closed the border. So, um, yeah, you just got to be careful when you wanna go to a grocery store and stuff like that and, you know, take your distance, make sure you wash your hands. But, you know, at some point you just, you know, you pray and hopefully, you know, this thing can go away, but I guess there's the new normal, we gotta start dealing with it and hopefully, you know, we can figure this thing out and um, yeah, and just, you know, also make sure that we quarantine at home, but also we can get back to work and get fans what they want.
0: I, w- I want to hear some detail about what the day-to-day looks like at home, but I know just from tracking your social media, a couple things. For example, you you flip giant tires down the street. Yes. What, what kind of reactions do you get from your neighbors as you're going beast mode on these tires right down the middle oh of the street? Oh, my God, man.
2: I feel bad for my neighbors sometimes because I try to be nice. And, you know, like my music, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's not that loud, but I get it, you know, it might get to them. And you know they would be at home. They like, they come and ask me nicely like, "Hey, you know your music is just bugging us a little bit." I'm like, "All right, but
0: they say, did they say, can you play a song other than California Love, Kenley?"
2: Yeah, <laughs> probably not. You know, I guess I gotta play California law, so you know they will love it. But yeah, I mean the neighbors love it, man. Um, I have this 95 year old lady who lives right next to me, in front of me, and she's awesome, man. She's awesome. Uh, um, She's um, talked to me and, you know, I feel like I'm motivating her too because I'm always out there in the street running, flipping tires, play catch. And, you know, she's come with her walker and walk around and and it's great. It's great. Um, I love my neighbors. And, you know, at the same time, you know, you just got to be beast mode and make sure you stay, stay in shape and be ready for the season.
1: So you got uh, you know family, and you got working out. Did you come up with any new hobbies or any new things that you're doing long term now because you've had so much time?
2: You know, um, to make my workout even fun, now my new hobby is. I mean, I've been doing it for a while now, but I just put a basketball. I installed a basketball rim. You know, I have a half court right in front of my gym, so uh, that's a motivation because whenever I push myself hard, you know, that's the fun part. You just go out there and shoot as many balls you can shoot and. Uh, me and my friend Trayvon and Robinson, we play um, so many games of free throws. You know, shoot the first ten. Who scored more free throws? And 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 it's fun. Who make the most buckets? So that's why we been doing a lot. You know, we been shooting a lot of basketballs, um, swim, um, and make sure you take care of your body. And and the best the best part of it is just being with your kids and you know play around. You know, sometimes we play piano a little bit. Um, you know, i will be playing um, Can You Feel the Love tonight now? I can play a smooth now and Caden be singing that song now. So, yeah, it's great. It's great to be around. But, you know, deep down, we miss being Dodger Stadium.
0: We're going to get to the baseball stuff in a second, but I want to touch on something you just mentioned. I was going to ask you about the piano thing. How long have you been playing?
2: Uh, I'll be playing often now. I mean, some days you feel tired, but... Uh, some days when you're tired and your mind is not right, it's, it's a struggle and you can't play it. You just got to be focused. You have to have a clean mind so you can play, especially when you just start playing the piano. The piano is such a challenging uh, instrument to play. So you have to have your mind right. You have to have your mind clear and uh, for you to able to perform. So that's, why, that's another hobby that I do, too. Uh, I get uh, my class at 9 o'clock p.m. when I, all the kids go into bed. You know, me and my teacher get on the Zoom and she's working with me on, on piano. So
0: so this is a serious thing. You have an actual piano instructor.
2: Yeah, I do have a piano instructor. Wow. So she's giving me lessons. So,
0: When did you start all this? How long have you been doing it?
2: Uh, I've been doing it now for, for a year now, but um, it was a little inconsistent in the beginning during the season and playoffs. And then I went home for a few months to see my parents. But now um, I feel like, you know those things like the piano is kind of take the frustration out too like you know you're just going to a totally different place and to keep yourself you know in such a positive attitude all the time i mean that's 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 hard to deal with sometimes i mean if you're such a competitor you want to be on the field you need to find stuff to just keep you in that positive um energy so um playing the piano is fun it's fun um you know it helps your mind yeah. Uh, you, you just gotta do your breathing also too playing piano. <laughs> if you stop breathing, you can't play it. so um,
1: <laughs> Is there musical talent that runs in your family? Did your dad or your mom or others' aunts or uncles or people around you playing instruments?:
2: My dad played guitar a lot. Um, I do have um, from my mom's side, a mom's sister, um, late husband. Um, used to be one of the most popular musicians in Curacao. Uh, my cousins all play in the uh, church choir. Um, so, yeah, the music does run in my family. So um, I've been, um, been um, listening to music um, a lot down there. I, I, I grew up in music, so it, it's fun. I played a little guitar in the beginning, but now it's just piano. I really kind of wanted to start doing um, playing piano there.
0: I believe, Kenley, it's Stephen Brawl of the Pirates is a musician. He's, he's a singer and has done the national anthem before Pirates games. Any chance we can get you confident enough on the piano to Ooh. do the anthem before a game sometime?
2: You know, that's the challenging part. That's what I told my teacher. I'm like, listen, I could pitch in front of 40,000, 50,000 people, <laughs> but I don't think I can do a recital right now in front of 200 people. That's <laughs> tough. So, you know, let me let me get the confidence going. You know, once I, I think once I keep doing it and once I put my personal silent in front of people, I think I gotta I gotta work my way up to, you know, get there in front of, you know, more people playing the piano. So I, I eventually we'll get there.
0: So Kenley, the piano thing is impressive, but I don't think it's as impressive as the sixty foot yacht your father is building with his bare hands. Oh my
2: god, yes.
0: Tell us yes. about that.
2: Man, that's not a thing, man. Like, that yacht's supposed to be done this year, but, you know, all this coronavirus thing is just kind of slow everything down, you know, because we try to get the engine. Right now, all we have to do now is just wire the boat and fiber it and, and get the engine going and kind of, you know, put... It had a nice living room in it. It had two rooms down there. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing. My dad have a lot of talent. Um, you know, I kind of didn't believe in the beginning. I'm like, what is my dad doing? Like... I'm like, Dad, what are you really doing? Like you think this is going to work? And, you know, I kind of, like, underestimated that a little bit, which I should have never done. You know, uh, I can tell I'm sorry about that. But, you know, to just came back to Cureside and see that yacht, just like, wow.
1: Just right, you next to house? House? Yeah. Yeah. right
2: there next yeah. to the house. Yeah, right next to the house. I'm like, Dad, how are we going to get that? We got to go get a big plane right now to just lift that thing up. You know, to put it in the trailer so we can send it to this place, so um, um, we can get the engine going on the media and all that stuff. So, um,
1: are you helping okay. him? Or are you you on the power tools? Are you helping them? Don't you yeah, get hurt? I, no, no I'm don't I'm you get with, hurt?
2: No, I'm not helping with that. I'm helping him financially. Why? Well. That's why I'm helping. <laughs> <with> that. <That's laughs> you, it. You yeah. Okay. okay. So, I mean, my dad is a welder, and the, the, the impressive thing is, my dad's about to turn seventy-one this year, and wow. he's doing that. So. A seventy-year-old, you know, father is working in the yacht, and you know, it's, it's awesome for me. It, it gets me going too because he motivates me, and I want to kind of fulfill his dream. You know, his dream is to finish that yacht so he can enjoy it and 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 go for a ride. So, um, hopefully, when all this thing is done, I can help finish that yacht, yacht. It'll be awesome. So, it's impressive.
0: All, all of our families mean a lot to us, right? But I get the sense in getting to know you, Kenley, that you guys are particularly close and that they meant as much to you as they could possibly mean to you coming up.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, with my family being so close, um, you know, like, they all motivate me. You know, I'm coming from my mom, my dad, my brothers. You know, see um, how my dad, um, born and raised with his, his brothers. Sorry about the noise that my son is making right now this is life man. but yeah um it's it's awesome man it's awesome to have my family down there and just being a backbone for me you know have me be motivation motivated just to keep this thing
0: going uh and obviously curacao has turned into a huge baseball factory more big leaguers per capita than any place in the world i've read some amazing stories about your baseball upbringing where you would hop in the bed of a truck from the local coach, right? He, he would load up this truck and, and get a neighborhood full of kids and take them to the Diamond to play?
2: That's how it was. Yeah, that's how it was. I remember um, growing up uh, with me, um, you know, when my grandmother was still alive, you know, when my parents was working, you know, I'd go to my grandma's house sometimes in the beginning and, you know, the coaches pick you up. And, and, you know, pick the next person up, pick the next person up. Next thing you know, you like a truck with like 10 kids, 11 kids, you know, going to the ballpark. So um, it is fun. I mean, that's what they used to do. Nowadays, it's getting easier now that the parents start to be more involved. Um, I think, you know, players like us who make it to the big leagues now, motivated more people that, you know, people start to believe that, you know, that they can... Accomplish their dreams, become a ball player. So you know now you see more parents go to the field now with their kids and and motivate them and, and help them. So um, baseball become very big my kids. Are.
0: Who's in the bed of that truck with you? Was Didi, Gregorius, Andrew T. No, Simmons? No, they, they, they
2: was they was um they was younger than me, okay. so there was more other kids that didn't make it. Um, but I played with Ellington. Me and Ellington played. The funny part is when I was playing with Anderson Simmons, I was the shortstop. So. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you can ask me, yeah, I was the shortstop. And then I moved to third base, and then he became the shortstop. And he was actually pitching. And that's that's the that's the funny part of it.
0: He's got a cannon.
2: He got a cannon. Yeah. You know, I really believe that if he stepped on that mound, he'd throw 97 today. Um, wow. But, yeah, yeah, he had a really good arm, so. I play with Anthony a little bit. I play with Jahir Jurgens also too. You know, with the base. So uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Kierso a blast,
1: man. You've been all over the diamond. So shortstop, third base, catcher, end up on the mound, throw with your right hand, right with your left hand. Do you do anything kind of conventional? Do you play the piano like upside down or with your feet? What do you do? <laughs> it's weird because
2: I really can't figure out still today what hand I, I am. You know, like. Uh, am I a two right hander or two left hander? And I, honestly, it's probably is is left hand because. How about like when you shoot the basketball? <laughs> what
1: do you shoot the basketball better? I regular? shoot right hand,
2: but with the piano, I'm more so. Uh, my teacher is like, you know, like your right hand supposed to be dominant on the piano, right? So, but I'm following my left hand more, and I hmm. trust my right hand. I don't know, so it's, it's kind of weird. You know, but um, I guess, um, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm left-handed, I guess, you know? So that's why
0: I feel like I that. Kenley Jansen considers himself left-handed. Do you? Were you a right-handed hitter, though?
2: Uh, no, left-handed. I was a left-handed. left-handed hitter. That's, okay. Yes. I say I were,
0: I should say are. You still get an at
2: bad of yours. Hey, hey, ask Doc. Doc probably wouldn't tell me to take. In Colorado last year, I probably would have got a, 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 a bloop hit, bloop signal on my right hand. So
0: You had a double a couple years a ago. Hit, you know? Didn't you have a double a couple years ago, RBI double? Yeah, I got a uh, double
2: in Greg um, Holland, uh, yeah. RBI. I got, I got the three hits in the big off the left side. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, it's fun. It's fun being a pitcher now. I mean, hitting, hitting, hitting it's, 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 it's tough, man.
0: It's hard. And most people know this story, that you were – a catcher, right? That's how you came up. 2009, scouting director sits you down. You know, you're, you're not hitting much above 200 at that point. Still really good arm, as we all know now. But what is that conversation when he sits you down? How does that go?
2: So I remember being a AAA with um, John Watson. Um, it was tough, you know? I mean, didn't imagine that my time came to become a pitcher. You know, I know they have the rumors that they want to put me in the mound and kind of me didn't want to do it. But, you know, in the beginning, I kind of rejected for a second. Like, no, man, I, I want to come to I want to to Try. And, you know, when he came to me and tell me, like, you know, if you do this, you know, if you go in the mound, trust me, you will be in the big leagues in two to three years. And I think, you know, how am I going to be in the big leagues that quick, two or three years? You know, I think it's just a fairy tale, like what he's telling me. Like, no, like he just really wanted to convince me to go to the mound. So I'm like, I really don't believe seeing myself be on the mound and that quick in the big leagues in two to three years. And the funny thing is, it's like when I fully commit to it, it took me like less than a year to be in the big leagues. So, you know, me and him, um, actually, I called him. Me and him is still laughing about it sometimes when I talk to him on the phone. And like, would you believe it? You know, like, it's been like 10 years now that I'm about to be in the big leagues, and everything happens so fast that you know, sometimes when you go and look at it, it's like a blink of an eye. Like, man, I couldn't believe it, man. Like, that's why I keep telling players now, like, you know, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, man. These coaches, you know, especially now the coaches that Dodgers have and, and from, from the major league all the way to the minor leagues, you know, these guys are to help you, you know, and if they're seeing that your talent is somewhere else, like, if you know, you have to give up hitting the pitch, you know, just do it, just give it a try. I mean, it works for me. You know, I think, you know, people nowadays, like, they people always see like where you're telling us and, and, and sometimes you can't see it. It will take someone to see it for you. And so you can commit to it and, and here I am, you know, it's a blessing. So I'm thankful for, for, for Bijan and for Logan White and all these guys who really make me commit. Charlie Huff, really make it fun for me when I went back. I I went to the high A, and um, he make it really fun for me, and um, always you know, joking and make me love, it, and keep it simple to me. And you know, I'm, I'm thankful for these guys every time when I see them. You know
0: Is it a true story, Kenley, that you go about a year throwing a fastball, wondering why in the world can nobody hit my fastball, and then you find out, oh, it's cutting.
2: Yes. It actually took me all the way to the big leagues to find out that I'm throwing a cutter because I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I'm facing high A hitters, you know, they can't see it. And then I went to Double A, and I'm still in the 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 fairytale moments. Like, why guys is not hitting? Like, and then they send me to Farley, and I'm still throwing, and I'm like, why guys are not hitting? And you know, when me and Kenny, the late Kenny Howell, you know, it's like. Yo, like, the ball's cutting. And Charlie Hop actually also tell me about it. He didn't want me to, you know, he keep it so simple and let me go in. And, he, you know, because probably that was the best thing for me of not knowing what I'm really doing. That kind of was in a, such advantage for me, too. So, then I'm not going to manipulate the cutter or doing that. I'm just just catch the ball and fire it. So that's so what I was doing. That was so so
1: at shortstop at third base at catcher, did the ball cut when you threw the ball down to second when the guy was stealing? Or did it happen when you got onto the mound?
2: I think it happened when I got onto the mound. You know, I think um, throwing the ball a second, I, I still think it was straight. Me and a few players were talking about it. Like, you know, I still believe the ball was straight. I think when I got on the mound, the angle, the way how the ball's coming out of my hands, I'm a little around, just a little around it. Um, that's what kind of make it cut, I think. So, you know, it just it just naturally happened.
0: You, uh, you came into the spring this year talking about a trip to Driveline. And a lot of people have probably heard of Driveline. And if they haven't yet, I think they're going to as this season gets going because there are so many stories of guys that went to this facility near Seattle. What happens there?
2: I think, you know, for, for, for them, um, you know, Brandon McDaniel, our strength coach, convinced me uh, to go there. Um, and, I, I, like I say, that's what I've been doing my whole life as a pitcher, you know. Just listen to someone, you know, listen to people around you who really care about you, want you to be better, and want you to keep continuing to be great. Um, and, you know, listening again and take that <coughs> part and just give it a chance and go to drive line and, you know, see how these guys was already prepared for me. To see, Show me tapes that how I was doing from 2014 all the way to 17. And show me how I slowly um, changing in 18 and other to 19, like how my body changed and the position that I was throwing the ball. Um, it was great, man. And then they put me on the mound with all these dots on my body, and to show me how my body is in the position compared to two years back, how my body was. Um, I think that was great. I would think it was great. It, it really helps me because. All you try to do is put your body back in the position, how you was firing at at your best. So, and I could have have seen it this year in spring training, how good the ball was coming out of my hands and nice and easy. I wasn't trying and, you know, it was great. So I think, you know, dry flying is a good thing for pitchers to go there. And, you know, not only when you have your down year or, no, I think even if you have a good gear, still to go and see where you're at and continue to just be on on pace to just
0: be consistent. I mean, that's got to be huge too, right? Because I know by the standards you set for yourself, these last couple of years haven't been where you want to be. It's probably felt like chasing your tail some, trying to find what exactly was wrong for you. And I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but from, from hearing you talk about it and listening to you try to track down who you were in those great seasons, this had to be huge to have something tangible where, where they could put it up on video, show you broken down mathematically, scientifically, this is what's gone wrong and this is what you need to do.
2: Yeah, it was it was it was crazy because it's like they had all that stuff already ready for me when I got there. And you know exactly what you're saying, like they just break it down of you know how I'm gonna have to prepare myself and all the preparation, how the drills that I have to do to forced my body to go back to the position I was. So it, it was great, man. It was great to have that 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 piece of advice and, you know, just take with that new routine, you know? So sometimes, you know, your career, probably all you to tell us um, about that, too. You know, you're going to have, when you're getting older, you're going to have to tweak your uh, routines um, sometimes to just get your body shocked and get it back to you what it used to be, you know, where you can put yourself to, to you know, fire the ball uh, with ease, effortless. And so that, wear and,
1: and that wear and tear starts to catch up with you and you have to make adjustments to get back to who you are or or you find out you can't be the original Kenley Jansen and this is the new one that I need to be. It's amazing because your story was like, keep it simple at the very beginning when you got to the mound, but now it's a little bit more complicated to get back to the simple delivery.
2: Exactly, it's more complicated, and uh, like you say, like with me and you was working out this um, spring training too yep. to sharpen up my slider because it's like, you know, the new Kimmy have to, you know, um, instead of cutter, 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 cutter now, you know, adding the two seam that I have, adding the slider, and that's why I really want to make sure that my slider is going to be sharp to just be a pitch that can change the eye level from the hitters. And that would probably would be me. And, you know, I, I saw that in the spring training, how, how it's, it's, it's coming. And, you know, next well, thing you know.
1: Your cutter misses the barrel kind of like left and right. It jams them. Yes. But your slider is going to miss the barrel up and down. It's going to, exactly. make, the ball, it's going to make the ball drop below the barrel, get the ground ball, get the strikeout. Right.
2: Exactly. So, you know, that's the one thing that I was figuring out this year. And, you know, but you know, just gotta stay patient. Um whenever this um thing will be over and we'll be in the field, you know, just gonna continue to find out, you know, the the, the the person who I am today.
0: In the meantime, Kenley, I would imagine one of the hardest things about this quarantine has been the moving target in terms of when we're gonna start back up. How have you been able to maintain or attempted to maintain that good feeling you had in spring training? trying to stay ready for the start of the season, whenever that may be?
2: You know, um, i will be throwing a lot of live BP still. Um, I've been throwing bullpen up this mound that I got. Um, sometimes I can throw a, a bullpen in front of my house, and then, you know, I figure out some ways to get on the field and throw some live BP. Um, so... You know, um, it's, it's still great you now. The Dodgers um, facility open, so you know I'm gonna face my, my teammates a little bit. So I still feel like, you know, I, I I didn't miss a lot, so I feel like, you know, I'm still in that 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 little shape form that I can, you know, once we get a, a nice spring training, you know, it won't be too much for me. I think I, I'm already there.
0: What are you most looking forward to getting back to? What do you miss the most?
2: What I miss the most is just compete. It's just in, in the high level, high stress, you know, we're winning by one, we're winning by two, you know, we try to help help our team winning a ball game. You know, that's the fun moment, you know, just that anxiety in you, you know, that adrenaline and all that stuff um, that you have that you, you know, you have to get the job done. And that's, that's, that's the fun part of, of, of the game. And, you know, the role that I have that, you know, just get back in those stressful situations down by one and have all team in the bugging. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward
1: to those. Um, you, know, one of the things, you know, one of the things, Kenley, that's happening for this whole generation of players is that you guys are getting a taste of retirement with the ability to come back and play and still have your abilities and your youth. And so you are going to appreciate uh, the fans at Dodger Stadium, the ovation, the field, the manicure to the field, going out for batting practice, all the different things that you get to do on a daily basis. You're going to love to have that back.
2: Oh, you're going to love that. I'm telling you. It's, it's, me and my wife be talking about that all the time. I'm like, you just don't know how much more I appreciate even the tough love that you get from the fans, you know? Um, you just appreciate that more. It's just, it just be out there and compete and, and, and not being ready to have that retirement feeling yet. You know, you just want to be on the field and one day if you know, that has to happen. I just ask God, hopefully, it changed my mind. You know, that my mind won't be uh, at playing baseball anymore. But, you know, I've been missing this game like crazy. It's like the love, you know, the feeling, you know, your teammates. It's like, listen, I love my family, I love my kids, but, you know, I love my teammates also, too. I love the game of baseball. I love me and with Ravine pitching for the Dodgers. I mean, Dodgers' stadium is awesome. You just, you, I, Appreciate that more, just wearing that uniform, say the Dodgers are in front, and, and go out there and compete against other other teams. So, yes, definitely looking forward to that. You know, it's it's fun. It's fun.
0: I didn't think it was possible for me to get any more excited about getting this thing going again, but I think you just managed to get me more excited here in Utah. I've
2: been waiting for that day. I'm telling you, it will be emotional.
0: hopefully, it's not too far off. Hey, last thing we're gonna do. A little rapid fire session. We're gonna ask you five questions, and the answer to all five of these questions will just be one of your teammates. So should be pretty easy. Uh, And Oral and I'll take turns asking you. Okay. Besides you, who has the best shoe collection?
2: I would say now probably Mookie Bats probably because Mm -hmm. he's a Jordan guy too, and, and David Price. So yeah, I think I think us three probably will might have the best shoe collection. In our team
1: by far. Kenley, who is the, the last teammate you would let babysit your kids?
2: The last teammate I will let babysit my kids it will be probably um, Cody Bellinger. <laughs> That's
0: a good answer. <laughs> Too many video games.
1: MVP uh, on the field.
2: Don't know which team is in which divisions, you know, so <laughs> You might have a trouble just educating. I love you,
0: Cody. So You don't need to know what division they're in. Just hit bombs and, you know, be good. <laughs> Stay away from my kids.
2: I won't regret that. Uh, I, I, I will have to say I will still love him because he's got to teach my kids to hit bombs. So
0: That's okay. true. That's true.
2: I give him credit there.
0: Okay. Uh, put yourself back in your hitting shoes, which I know one of the bummers of this year is uh, no chance that pitchers are going to hit, but put yourself there. Left-handed batter's box. Who is the Dodger pitcher that you would least want to face?
2: I will say Walker Buehler. The reason why he's so competitive, and I think if I talk crap to him, he's going to be so pissed at me, and he just want to you know, punch me out so bad, which he will. In three pitches. So, yeah, Walker Buehler because it's so competitive. And, you know, I think you can get in his skin and he will be so pissed off and he will come at you. So, okay. definitely Walker Buehler.
1: Well, from the negative of facing Walker Buehler to the positive of who would be your all-time favorite teammate to sit next to in the bullpen, as you might be getting the save that night, but the guy you would want to hang out with in the bullpen, your all-time favorite.
2: All time favorite. Oh man, I love all my teammates.
1: I know, you but know you got you don't you know the the other ones are not going to be offended. But who you know you would sit in your chair and now they're in the chair right it's, next it's, to you. There's
2: two of them. I got to mention two of them. All right, I can't say only one. I mentioned two. If you guys can give me that, please. It please. will be Jimmy Wright and JP Howard. Those will be my two favorite.
1: Oh, those are good. ones guys, to have and hang with them. And talk about opposite ends of the spectrum as far as personality. I mean, one crazy and one down to earth.
2: Exactly the the crazy of JP Howell. How you know, intense again in the bullpen, and he keeps shaking and can't sit still. (laughs) But Jimmy Wright is just totally opposite, relaxed.
1: He's like the senator.
2: Exactly. When you feel you have anxiety moment, that moment, just sit with Jimmy Wright. He will calm you down. But if you feel like you're too relaxed, sit with JP Howell. He will get you up. So he will get you fired up. So. (laughs) Yeah, those two will be my favorite
0: guys. Perfect. Last one for you, Kenley. Who is the last man standing in a Dodger wrestling cage match?
2: The last guy standing? Yep.
1: Ooh. Strongest and toughest.
2: Craziest. 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 (laughs) I think... Let me see. Man, it would be hard, but... For me to choose, golly, man, who I would we choose right now? That, that guy is standing
1: right now. You can throw out a couple names if you. Yeah, we've had some interesting selections before. What? We had uh, Pedro Austin, Baez, somebody said Austin, Austin Barnes. Barnes.
2: I will get, you know, Austin Barnes is, you know, you can get to him quick, but I think if you did to get pissed off, you got to watch out for the little fella. You know? Yeah. He could be you could be really aggressive. So I might get on too. i could get on to that. You know, so yeah. I'm gonna go with yeah, Austin
0: Barnes, yeah. Fair. Kenley, this is a lot of fun, man. I, I hope that soon you're playing California love running out of the, the bullpen and, and not just while you're flipping the tire down the street.
2: Yeah. I mean hopefully soon you can have that thing going on. Um it will be fun. It will be fun seeing you guys too. So you know. Let's, let's hope this thing can get, get one, uh, faster
1: than anything. Really appreciate you taking the time, Kenley. Really appreciate you doing this for us. All you, buddy. I
2: appreciate you
1: guys having me, too. All right, time for our
0: weekly visit with the manager of the Dodgers, Dave Roberts. And we started off with our weekly dose of smile and weekly dose of positivity with the best thing we saw this week. Doc, why don't you start us off?
3: The best thing I saw um, was... The fact that the Dodger organization um, has taken a lot of hundreds of jobs into consideration and no furloughs, no one lost any jobs, you know, under, you know, with what's going on right now, some teams some some players or staff and minor league and coaches have been furloughed, but the Dodgers um, are keeping everybody on board, which is a really good thing. Very exciting.
1: It is exciting. uh one of the things that relates back for me is with what happened at Dodger Stadium on Memorial Day when they put the lights out in red, white, and blue in the whole outfield from 8.30 to 9.30 in partnership with TAPS, the tragedy assistance program for families that had lost soldiers. And uh, it was a quite a memorial, and the great John Suhu, who's been with the Dodgers for a long time, captured it, and there were some flyovers, and it was a great uh, remembrance. It was the
0: I got first a uh, Memorial Day, guys, without baseball. I mean to cut you off. Though. No first Memorial Day without baseball. I think I saw
3: since 1880. Wow. Wow. I um I got I got such a you know on, on that note um I got the best uh, little text from a friend of mine who's a general in the army, uh, General Funk, and uh, he just wanted. He's a lifelong Dodger fan, and he just wanted to uh, thank the Dodgers for what they did for Memorial day and and the men and women that served our country. And it was just such a great tribute. So for me to wake up this morning and I got that text at four o'clock this morning. So that was uh really, really good to see.
1: Wow.
0: Best thing I saw this week is a, a personal one at home. So my son, Blake, who is a year and a half now, he's been a tough baby, like, like a lot of young. <laughs> he hasn't missed many meals always. either. No, he doesn't miss mm-hmm. any meals. You're right about that. But, uh, it's just been a bumpy road compared to raising my daughter over the first couple of years. Anyways, he's been a little more likable lately, a little more uh, smiley, you know, doing doing more things, saying more words. I've definitely force fed him some sports stuff, been putting bats and balls in front of him, and he loves balls. Ball was his first word. Got him a tee, and I've showed both you guys this, but like at first, he would just walk up and kind of touch the ball off the tee, almost like a walking bunt. And it was just cool to see him smiling and excited about it. But I'm like, all right, buddy, you're a year and a half now. When are you going to start swinging away? Uh, So he finally learned, I got him a smaller tee and a smaller bat as well, this big red plastic barrel, but it's short so he can leverage it a little better. He's learned to swing with one hand, but he is swinging so aggressively and he's seriously hitting like bullets around the house. These little BB line drives and the joy that he gets when he hits it well, it's awesome. He squats down, he puts his hands in the air and he goes, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so uh, what I'm saying is, Doc, I need you to stick around about 22 years so you can manage him.
3: That sounds great. I've actually seen his swing many times over uh, on Instagram and uh, he's got a bright future in baseball. Certainly. I I love the the yellow bat, um, the wiffle ball, and just you know just being out there and it, it's going to be fun. But I'll tell you that little short bat on the end that's hard. So you better stay out of harm's way, right?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I
0: put the ball on the tee and I say wait, wait, wait because he's ready to rip it. He actually hit a ball out of my hand the other day while I was walking up to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oral, we sent you a little video. The other kid, Charlotte, oh. today she was up in the attic digging through some bobbleheads, doing some spring cleaning with mom, and she pulled out two bobbleheads. She wanted Cody Bellinger's, her favorite player, because she met Cody Bellinger as a three-year-old last summer and talks about it all the time. And she wanted a second bobblehead, and so she chose an Oral bobblehead. And we sent the we sent a little video to Oral.
1: It was awesome to watch the video. She's so cute. and She's got like her princess cape on and she's holding the bobbleheads. and the way she pronounces Cody's name and my name is so cute. So yeah, it was a wonderful video.
3: It's the funniest thing where, uh, you know, <clears throat> Joe is so gracious with letting us into his family by way of social media. And, you know, so, and I, and obviously we know Libby and, and the kiddos, but it's trisha always jokes with us and close friends of ours who's your favorite child and it's just so funny because and we obviously say this as joking and uh it's just fun joe and i'm not putting words in your mouth to watch your dynamic with your two kiddos but uh we had a funny uh story with a friend of ours that trisha ran that same question and then the the friend goes i don't think my parents had a favorite child and then we all looked at each other and go because you weren't the favorite, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> right. Let's be real. There are favorites. Uh, hopefully, Blake exactly. never digs out the archive of this. Listen, buddy, it's still early. You just are facing a large uphill battle because Charlotte is kicking your tail in the early years. Uh, yeah, if We're being honest. So we just got to visit Dave with your close Kenley Jansen, who is deep in dad duty as well. The last couple of months, it was an awesome visit. What a uh, what a conscientious. Thoughtful guy who I know you've gotten to know very intimately over your four years as the manager.
3: Kenley is is very, he's very intelligent. He's very, he's a very sensitive. He's uh, he's very thoughtful, and um, you know, understanding. You know, he's all about his family and, and get and competing to be great. But you know, you know, understanding what's going on right now, he gets very emotional. And um, as much as he wants to play, you know, health and, and people's well-being is at the front end and, you know, conceding money to, to benefit other people and understanding he and, he and Johnny give so much to charity and, and Kenley and I are, are, we're as close as anybody um, as far as player coach. And uh, he does a good job uh, as far as giving back to the, to the organization, uh, to the community. And he just loves being a Dodger. And so I know he's chomping at the bit. He sends me workout videos of him kind of throwing big bulldozer tires around and then clips of him uh, breaking uh, Gianni's ankles, playing basketball, (laughs) him and his like Jordan gym. So he's ready to go. And he's also been at the field a little bit more lately throwing pens. So I can't wait to get him going again.
1: You know, you've got to be excited too, because when we left spring training, you had Kershaw who was on point, you had Bueller who was on point, you had Kenley who had found himself again. And it's like going over there and watching those sideworks, you were like salivating to get these guys into real games.
3: We we were, we were. And, and um, it's kind of like that whole, you know, analogy where a champion, a heavyweight champion gets, uh, gets hit in the jaw and, and how he responds back and... Not that Clayton or Kenley or, or, you know, any of us, but, you know, I think that when you don't succeed and you hear things and you're going to come back even tougher and stronger and and with even more focus, if that's even possible. Uh, But to a man and even David Price watching side sessions and, uh, you know, live BPs and watching the focus of each guy and we have fun before, you know, and, and we're getting ready. But once we get between those lines, it's 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 a business.
1: Has anything changed at the Roberts household now that we might be getting closer to baseball? Is life changing a little bit? Is there more business calls? Is there more player calls?
3: There's more coaching. We're we're doing a coaches Zoom every week. Um, I've had the coaches reach out to the players now as we start kind of getting closer to kind of go more specific with positions. And uh, Mark Pryor's done a great job. Hitting coach have done a great job. The training staff, great. Um, positional coaches. So there's more of the day-to-day conversations. And I think just trying to get guys slowly ramped up to potential spring training
1: 2.0. Yeah. When you think about, you know, okay, what's the date? It doesn't really matter because they're there is going to be a hard deadline at some point. We either are going to play or not. And if we don't get started by, let's say, the latest mid-July, it's going to be really hard to have a baseball season. So we are, even though there's soft deadlines and negotiations, and negotiations seem bitter at some times and positive at others, it's good to just keep hearing that noise, knowing we're getting possibly closer to something.
3: Yeah, a- absolutely. And and you can see that uh, the NHL is doing some things. Um you know, trying to trying to play and and NBA is trying to do some things as far as trying to get a playoff format with 16 teams. But I think for us, um, certainly the longer it takes to come to an agreement, that puts us you know in a tougher spot as far as having to kind of put in a bunch of games in that time period where doubleheaders I don't think benefit anyone. So ideally, we get started in the first week of July and and get going from there and and have uh, you know the remnants of a second half of a season.
0: Before we get into our top four this week, Dave, we talked last week about what winning the World Series would mean <clears throat> this year. Would it mean anything less? Would it feel any different than a than another season? Uh, Jason Stark wrote an article for the Athletic this week that touched on some of the things that would be different about 2020 season. What will be different? Number of things. You know, what if a guy hits 400? How will history view that? What will history view the World Champion as? And he brought up something that I thought was really. Interesting. And that was the 1981 season. The Dodgers won the World Series in 1981. Nobody views that historically as anything different than the other World Championships. There is nothing less about that, nor should there be. But when you dig into the 1981 season, it was completely different than any season we've ever seen. That was the season where there was a two month strike. And so the season was essentially broken up into two. There was a first season and a second season. They crowned a champion of the first half. That was the Dodgers by a half game. And they crowned a champion of the second half. The teams with the best record in 1981 didn't even make the postseason, the Reds and the Cardinals, because they didn't win either one of the halves. But my point is, despite all that, despite all that craziness, and not nearly as much craziness as we're talking about dealing with in 2020, not nearly as wide-reaching, Nobody thinks of 1981's Los Angeles Dodgers any less because of all those
3: crazy circumstances. Wow, that's a, those are really good points. And I mean, obviously I, I knew that there was a player strike, but I didn't even put it in that context of, of an asterisk because I just kind of uh, saw it for what it was. That was a World Series championship for the Dodgers um, against the Yankees. And I didn't know that little fact of the two teams with the best record didn't make the postseason. But I think it's all Kind of everyone has the same rules, and may the best team win underneath those guidelines. So, um, yeah, this year it's going to be different from the sense of, uh, you know, first half, second half. There's going to be potentially a bigger playoff pool. But yeah, we all have the same opportunity. Oral, those are some
0: guys that, you know, reading back about this 1981 team, these are some of the guys that brought you up through big league spring training. A few of them were still there when you arrived a couple of years later, but some iconic names in Dodger history that, that had some iconic things happen in that 81 season. They trailed in all three series in the postseason and came back to win
1: it. You know, those guys, they, they were like kings walking around the field in Vero Beach. When you're in Vero Beach and you can walk through the mess hall and there's Ron Say and Steve Yeager and Steve Garvey and Rick Monday and Jerry Royce and and you played with Fernando, and he makes it up there and has Fernando Mania and Rick Monday that year, the historic home runoff of Steve Rogers. These are guys that were my role models. These are guys I just wanted to be on a bench with them and listen to them talk, or can I go out and play catch with them? And so, yeah, it was a very special time to watch the Dodgers after the strike come and win in the playoffs, win the World Series, and know that. I had rubbed elbows with those guys. I weren't wasn't their friend. I was barely their acquaintance. They barely probably even knew my name only because it's an odd one. But but that's it. And it it was so much fun to to see some of the younger guys, you know, Socha's and Saxes and Fernando's to do well. It gave you hope that you could make it because you'd played alongside them in the minors and now they're performing at the big league level and not just making it. They were world champions.
3: It gave yeah, you hope me, and I this think it is gives like us- Yeah, this is like The Dodger way and the guys that you named, you know, Russell, say Garvey, Monday, you know, Soch, um, and obviously you oral, but all these guys, I mean, this is Davey Loeb's Dusty Baker, Pedro Guerrero, and and how you play the game of baseball, what it means to be a Dodger. And that's what makes our fan base so great because it's generational trying to get players who don't know the Dodger history or the Dodger way and to get guys to buy in. And that's kind of the economics and the way things go um, have worked out. But, you know, once they're on board, when you have Clayton here, Kenley been here for a long time, Justin is out in the community and understands his connection. Um, You know, even when Matt Kemp was here, obviously, you know, his connection to Nuke and, and guys that are here and really know and appreciate and value what it means to be a Dodger.
0: We like talking food and we're going to talk food again for this week's top four. Doc, what were your top four, let's call them lunch snacks as a kid?
3: Top four lunch snacks, snacks as a kid. Um, So when I would, when my mom would make us lunch, my sister and I, in a little brown bag, we used to buy those uh, potato chip variety packs. And um, we'd have Fritos, Doritos, you'd have sour cream and onion. And ultimately, you'd be left with like the potato chip brand, the regular, generic brand. Um so Doritos or any one of those was probably number four for me. Okay. Um number three, I was a Twinkie guy. I love Twinkies. And um I my sister and I went through those uh, pretty quickly. Uh, number two were the ding dongs. Remember those ding dongs? They're kind yeah. of circular but they come that like a little aluminum foil type deal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I love the ding dongs. But number one for me was leftover pizza. So we'd order pizza once in <laughs> every couple of weeks, and I remember just getting a couple slices of pizza and putting in that little Ziploc and putting it in my bag. And just that day after pizza, oh, nothing better.
0: Old pizza, or or I'm looking at your face here.
3: You don't just cheese or pepperoni or sausage. Then it was it was it was pepperoni and. That was it. That's as aggressive as I could have been. Now, you know, you can do the mushrooms and the onions and all that stuff. But back then it was just pepperoni. I'm onion. not
1: eating day-old mushroom
0: pizza. <laughs> yeah, cold pizza day after I'm with you. I, I don't know if that's going to be my top four lunch snacks, but I'm with you and enjoying that. Day-old
1: sure. day food at the Hersheiser house was day-old salad. My mom liked wilted day-old salad where the salad dressing had soaked into it. I'm like, mom. That's weird. I kind of learned to like it too.
3: Sorry. Oh, I'll take a uh, day old pizza over the day old salad, Oral. Yeah. Good you combo. and me
0: both. Oral, you can eat your wilted salad over there. Doc, always good talking to you.
3: <laughs> Fellas, thanks for having me. Um, good good catching up. We'll talk again next week.
1: All right, Skip. Oral, what are your top four lunchtime snacks? Wow. You know, this was this was a hard one because I have like eight or ten on my list. And to rank them was hard, and then you start ranking them towards, do I go to the salt side or do I go to the sweet side? Mm, it's tricky. It's kind of apples and oranges a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> On the bottom is Cheez-Its. That's your number four? Number four, Cheez-Its. I'd love to have Cheez-Its in my lunchbox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Okay, little buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, do. We'll make sure you get them tomorrow. I thought oh. back to when I had a lunchbox, maybe a <laughs> Spider-Man lunchbox or a yeah. Superman lunchbox, I I did have the brown bag as I got older, but I remember the lunchbox.
0: I could just hear you saying exactly what you said, though, to your mom. (laughs) I would like to have Cheez-Its in my lunchbox. Stop it. Please. Uh, My number four, Nutty Bars. The little Debbie snack that has like the wafers and the chocolate. Yeah? Yeah. What's your number three?
1: My number three are Malt Balls. Oh, some candy for lunch. Malt Balls. Yeah, like, Mom, I've been good. I've been eating good get some malt balls or go over to the vending machine as you get a little older and grab some malt balls with some yeah, change. Right. My number three is honey buns. Remember those? Yeah. I love honey buns.
0: Those are good. Those are a staple in my lunches. Did you, so you got the little ones? No, I, I would get the big ones. The big one? Yeah. And, and looking back, it's like, man, I was not counting calories back then, was I? Cause I would not have fit that in.
1: I remember the big ones that were in the freezer, and then mom would put them on a cookie sheet, like and you'd cook them Ooh. in the oven for a while, and that that would start to bubble. The That's frosting nice. starts. I never to bubble. had that
0: done. Oh, it was so good!
1: What's your number, number two? two? It it relates to my first name. Oreo cookies. Oh yeah, gotta Classic. go. With Oreos.
0: Can't argue that. Uh, you- double stuffed. Was that around
1: back in your childhood? Uh, not really. Uh, single stuff, but the twist. You got to twist them off. Then you gonna teeth teeth the icing off okay. with your teeth. And then you eat the chocolate cookie, kind of plain. Everybody yeah. has
0: their own method, <laughs> exactly. Uh,
1: do you ever dunk them in milk? Oh yeah, yeah. and hot chocolate. And you know, back in you know Buffalo and Detroit, those cold winter nights, it's yeah, chocolatey, it's chocolatey. Uh, it's,
0: yeah. This is not my number two, but talking about dunking Oreos into hot chocolate, mm-hmm. something we used to do at sleepovers was drink Mountain Dew through Twizzlers. Oh my! Talk about, <laughs> Talk about a sugar rush! Night. Oh, oh my so gosh. good. My number two, speaking of sugar, not fruit roll-ups, but fruit by the foot. Okay, so good. The texture, oh man! And there are different methods for that too. Do you actually roll the whole yard out and and you know eat it bit by bit? Some did that. I think that I tended to unroll the whole thing and make it into a ball, and eat it like that.
1: Oh, okay. Make it into like a small apple. <laughs> yeah yeah less guilt then it's roll, like you're
0: eating a piece of fruit roll it all up well what's your number one you know
1: my number one is got to be a twinkie i just i I could kill twinkies i loved twinkies and there was no method to eat them there was just eat them
0: you could still do that they're still there
1: i know yeah i don't do same. it anymore though
0: my number one is your number four jesus oh really yeah i had a thing for Its, man like if I'm if I'm picking now what I would like to have as a guilty lunch snack, that may right. not be what I'm choosing, but I'm trying to put myself back in my elementary and teenage shoes. Right. A lot yeah, of that's what I do.
1: Yeah. Because, you know, you go if I go way back, I remember animal crackers. For if sure. Way back. You know, what grandma would give me as a three or four or five year old, you know. Mm-hmm. And then my all time favorite snack throughout all of life and still to this day are red vines. Really, so but not back. You know, when I was a child, huh? Yeah. As I got to be in high school and college and an adult, yeah. But I don't eat them in front of you or Rick Grudzinski because you guys would make me feel guilty
0: eating licorice. Oh no! All you gotta do is bite the end off both ends. And yeah. Drink Mountain Dew with them. Are there holes in red vines? There are. little okay. tiny.
1: It'd be, a, it'd be, you'd get a good workout trying to get some liquid up <laughs> through you'd it. You'd play
0: for the tide. The calories <laughs> you'd burn trying to get the Mountain <laughs> yeah, Dew through exactly. it. That would be the calories you gain by actually oh doing it. A couple of honorable mentions for me. Gushers.
1: Oh, okay. Yep. We're
0: good. Um, the big, long pretzel sticks.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Wheat thins. Yeah. Puffy Cheetos. I just wanted to make sure that I didn't leave those fellas yeah. out. I didn't want them to
1: feel left out. The only so. one I left out, but I have to say, is goldfish. Oh my gosh, that's a good one. Did Gold they have
0: fish? goldfish when you were rocking the elementary yeah. days? Yeah,
1: I think so. I don't know what when goldfish came out. You know, I know oh. I had one in a tank, but I, I think sometimes they had, had crackers. Go- oh
0: right, I was like, wait, I didn't know <laughs> you had <a> served. Goldfish. <laughs> you made a fish tank. I thought you. Yeah. Big, I, my first thing was picturing you in a
1: in a tank at war. No, no, that was not. What are you most mm-hmm. looking forward to this week? Uh, I'm not going deep this week. I'm going with something that's going to be fun. Uh, there's going to be a home poker game at a friend of mine's house on a Wednesday night, starting at five o'clock, little two, five, no limit. There's going to be appetizers. We're going to tip the dealer that shows up and I, hopefully we're not going to have plexiglass between us. So I think it's going to actually feel like a real poker
0: game. We are going to get ice cream tonight. Really? 21 Choices in Pasadena. We actually had 21 Choices for the first time before we ever moved to LA or knew that we would ever have a reason to move to LA while we're still living in Michigan. Our friends who lived in Pasadena took us, and we loved it. It's like a, it's a frozen yogurt custom mix-in place, and they closed for the first couple months of the quarantine, but they opened up recently. We're going to go. My daughter Charlotte has been one time after a daddy-daughter dance that we went to, and she talks about it like every other day. Remember that time that we got ice cream with circus animal cookies, cookie dough, and sprinkles in it? Oh, Oh, yeah. So we're going to go get that again. Charlotte's going to have to
1: have a podcast someday and have all these memories in her top four.
0: Yeah. She may be doing that. No longer is there nap time. Not every day. She's up there just for quiet Mm -hmm. time. Maybe she's producing a podcast without me even knowing it. They're trying to challenge us in the rankings um we are next week going to have max muncie joining us on the podcast looking forward
1: to that i know i was looking through my t-shirts so i could have a max Muncy, my Muncy shirt on when, he, uh-huh. when we do it because we get to see each other you guys don't see us out there in audio land but uh, we see each other on the zoom cast when we look at each other so max will see us and he'll see i've got my muncie t-shirt on hope you have that i hope you have lots of twinkies and cheese it's over the next week buddy love you
0: buddy you beat me to it well done <laughs> love you too <laughs>